Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 193. Recording on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. The last recording of 2013. It's a little more surprising for you, single person. That you would actually not be busy making party preparations tonight. It's in the day. Like what? What am I? What am I doing? Ironing my poodle skirt? Like what party preparations? I'll get an address and I'll show up. Yeah, that's what single guys do. We don't plan shit. We don't bake anything. We don't. You have to pick out an outfit. I gotta, yeah, right. Got to get my nails done. I got to get my tiara polished. There's a lot of stuff I got to do tonight. You polish the samurai sword. Wow, yeah. the blade is always yeah. polished and pure yes. and clean. <laughs> Um, yeah, party preparations. <laughs> You're adorable, Chris, in what your view of my life is. <laughs> and hours, too. Yeah, yes, yes, hours, yes, yes. hours of body preparations. <laughs> what am I All doing? Right. Waxing myself? Like, All right. Granted, I glamorize it up a little bit. I do. Yeah. I, do. I figure you have a whole day planned at the spa getting ready for a New Year's uh, party. I did that yesterday. Yes. I went to the spa yesterday. <laughs> Um, I saw. Then I saw. And you're movie. getting ready for a New Year's Eve cotillion. I am <laughs> cotillion. Exactly. Yeah, I got a horse and carriage yeah. rented. This is going to be a delightful, a delightful thing. All right, this is December thirty. All right, don't insult the royalty. <laughs> it's rare that you make sense, Chris. Um, you might want to get a date too. Yeah, yeah, yeah a date. Yeah, well, <laughs> that can take a couple of hours like, sometimes. It's going to take forever. Um, <laughs> Out the roller dick. Yeah. I just go stag and then roll my dance. There's some lonely single girl there and I hook up with her, or do I take a date? Well, look for a poodle skirt. Look for a poodle skirt. That's what I'll look for. Um, Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 193. Last episode of the year, like you're saying. Last episode of the year. We're halfway to 386, I think. (laughs) Take a math class. It'll take an hour or so. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot to do on New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what we're doing. Um, so uh, first, I want to thank everybody that came out to the shows in Irvine. They were really fun. I've never lot. been down there before. Yeah, that's a great club. And uh, in the middle of that insane mall town in the middle of nowhere. It's, it literally is an, it, it's an outdoor mall town. That's the best way right. to describe it. Like a mall village. It is, with a Ferris wheel. It's yes. huge. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. And that that many people were there, um, that mall was just like you couldn't Oh, it was park. packed. It yeah, was yeah. Mm-hmm. The Three days after Christmas. So that was a lot of fun. The shows with Doug were fun. So uh, check that out. Um, there's also a couple of Doug Loves Movies mini episodes that I'm in compete doing Leonard Malton with uh, Matt Myra. Mm-hmm. Um, so check that yeah, you out. You did okay. I did all right. <laughs> I did all right. Um, Does that mean you won or you just did all right? <laughs> well, there's two. There's, I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah. gonna give a spoiler alert. So uh, okay, right. We competed so, but, against each other yeah. twice, mm-hmm. and you did all right. There's, yeah. there's multiple outcomes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, One of them involved wearing a poodle skirt. Yeah, I had to wear a poodle skirt in my loss. <laughs> and I've been I've been pr- pr- planning for tonight for weeks, Chris. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks for coming out for that, and then. Uh, how about let's talk to these fine people? Downcast. How about it? Yeah, you know what? They're going to be around for uh, next month, too, which is we're very happy to still have Downcast here. They are a fantastic app if you are a podcast fan. And it is now available for Mac. All of you that got new Macs for uh, the holidays, mm-hmm. now, you know, it's for OS X 10.8 Mountain Lion or later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we. <laughs> <laughs> Should we make another Snow uh, dragon? Yeah, if we make, a, make another, another Mac. Uh, <laughs> Mac animal joke. Yeah. 
<laughs> no more. Now it's yeah. Mavericks as well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. And then then it, then it'll it, be Van Nice, won't it? Mavericks. It's, uh, and then skittish Van lizard. Nice. If you have oh, skittish nice. lizard or later. Um, <laughs> Uh, zombie have, clown. Yeah. I think that's the next OS <laughs> operating system they're going to do. Zombie clown. Mac zombie clown. No, that's the next Windows. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but uh, we have a top podcast list to discover and subscribe, subscribe to new podcasts. Uh, you have a smart playlist lets you create dynamically updating lists of episodes. I had somebody who is new to podcasting. This is actually in Irvine talking to me. And they were uh-huh. just like, I just started. How do I? And I was like, actually go to Downcast because- this Get their is, app because it's easier. This is how you can manage all mm-hmm. your shows. Because mm-hmm. I know some people, you know, obviously you have your favorite shows and you listen mm-hmm. to these every week. And then I know some people sort of cherry pick sh- certain shows based on who the guest is or whatever. Yes. Or I know they're going to talk about this or whatever. So- a downcast is great for that. You can really organize it however you want to organize it. And you can rank your podcast, uh-huh. too, your favorite podcast. You could put anyone you want under Comedy Film Nerds. Yeah, if you, if you don't rank us number one, then you're dead to us. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it, uh, their app, the app won't work. Really, if you don't, <laughs> you know, it, it has, there, it, it's a kill switch yep, inside the app. It'll, unless it'll if, erase <laughs> your, your, uh, your iPhone, your zombie clown software. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can put whoever you want. From two on. <laughs> From two on. I don't care what you put in the second yeah. position. Yeah, it's fine. It is. And it's universal. You could buy it once, and you can run Downcast on your iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and iPad Mini. So whatever you want, it's it's Mac-friendly now. Mac it up, kids. Mm-hmm. Downcast. And uh, it's also... You know, it's a good way to support the site. Yeah, and it's also, it's an indie developer, too. You know, support those guys. I mean, they, let's face it, they did a podcast app better than Apple. So uh, definitely support those guys. So, Apple's all right. Too, Apple's too busy making phones where you got to buy new plugs. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're very, and new uh, cases with the new colors. Uh, <laughs> Apple might buy these guys. I mean, if I was Apple. That's what I would do. Yeah. yeah I'd just buy, I would totally buy away. them. And if I was downcast, I would sell. <laughs> yeah, I would take the money and I would retire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why don't those people retire? <laughs> oh, so, I would. So, Seth, entertain somebody, the offer. If somebody came and said, we want to buy comedy film nerds for whatever, $500 million, I'd be like, thank you guys for all of your time. And I will be... I will be buying an island. Island, isn't that what you do? Bu- yes. You'd buy Ireland. I would buy. <laughs> and what we do is we would end every business meeting the way we always end business meetings by saying "so long, suckers." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I would, I would, I would have uh, a samurai sword made specifically for me, and I would have an island, and mm-hmm. I would just fight people. Yeah, I would fly people. But you would take a day to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I would every day would be New Year's Eve on my island. Would you kill people? Like sure. you you would basically because your island basically you'd create the laws. So you just rules. fly in homeless people and <laughs> kill them. <laughs> It'd be like Battle Royale, but with it homeless would, people? Exactly. No, I would fly Worse, in people. It's just him killing people. I would fly in people who had it coming. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, that's that's what I would fair. Do. I would be like yeah. some awful person who committed some heinous crime. I would mm. intervene and say, uh, we're going to extradite you to... Uh, so it'd be like the running man. Yes, yeah. And I'd be <laughs> like, if you can defeat me, get off this island, you're free. Mm-hmm. I think that's what everyone would do. I got five hundred million dollars. <laughs> that's what I would do. That's our next a bloodbath of I their would, own design. You, 
So three months from now, our new sponsor is going to be Bloodbath Island. Oh, Bloodbath Island. It's going to be great. God. Samurai Island. Register that movie now, too. Yeah. <laughs> Wealthy tech geeks run amok on their own Bloodbath Island, so, killing politicians who oh, haven't supported tech laws. I'd be so, oh, John Boehner, I'd fly him out there in yeah. a heartbeat. You want to shut down the government? You're not shutting down Bloodbath Island's government, bitch, because you have one guy to answer to, and it's me. And I'd give him a samurai sword. Give him a fair chance. And I give yeah. him a head start. Yeah. <laughs> so let's introduce our guest. <laughs> Speaking of Bloodbath Island. He, he lives on a Bloodbath blood blood Island. Bath. Yeah. Um, uh, our second time on the show and uh, all the way from Australia, movie critic, movie reviewer. Um, and recent edition, a uh, writer for comedy film nerds too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, our first international correspondent. I guess yes. we could call yeah, him, right? seriously, mm-hmm. Mr. C.J. Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings, thank you for having me here. <laughs> Glad you could uh, fit it into your busy schedule. You got a lot going on. You've got movies to cover. You got flying back and forth from Australia, and you're having a baby soon. I am. That's true. I wonder who I haven't told who might listen to this podcast. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Should we edit this out? No, no. Okay. Let's leave it there and move on. Yeah, and so it will just be. This lovely little, you know, if you open that can of soup, you got that whatever is in the surprise can of soup. Yeah. Which would be disgusting. Yeah. You have a baby you in your can of soup, soup with the potato. Yeah. Um, so how's everything been going? Uh, you tell tell folks uh, about your show that you do, that we've been on. Things have been going, yeah, Movie Land. Things have been going great with Movie Land. In fact, just because as we record this, sort of Sydney's clocked over. So it's now 2014 already in Sydney because Sydney's one of the first and so so you're um, from the future technically i am from the future right now what's it like yeah what's new year's day like yeah it's worse yeah (laughs) just every direction we were going but it's just a little bit worse it's like one more year of the same it's warmer and not in a good way The cars are bigger, they don't fly, they just use more of the stuff that makes it warmer, not in a good way. Everyone's still lying, people still want to kill each other. Everyone's still lying. The vegetables and fruits are still getting bigger. Happy New Year! (laughs) Um, Men and women are still finding it hard to connect and people are, you know. But um, on the positive side, I don't know. The, hopefully they'll be as good as movies as they were That's this year. I right. thought it was a bloody good year for movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, so uh, I just the episode of Movie Land just dropped handing out my Movie Land Awards for 2013. Oh, nice. And what do you give out? Like, what are the awards? I give out worst and best. Uh-huh. Um, and giving out the worst is much more fun, of course. Sure. But I give out worst and best. And, you know, it's my award, so I get to pick all the categories. And, you know, so I'll have... Um, all sorts of ones, but I don't do any of the ones I don't want to do. So I won't necessarily have best song. Right. You know? <laughs> but I will have two uh, screenplays, you know, because I think mm-hmm. that's something that makes sense is to have best adapted and best original screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I'll have worst, a bit of worst of everything, really. Um, so those have dropped. So if you go to Movie Land on iTunes, you can listen to that. And it's been going really well. It's It's been really, really growing. People loved your podcast and obviously there's oh, that confluence. Great. Yeah, they loved your mm-hmm. episode. And there's that great confluence of Australian listeners to your show, mm-hmm. which I know you have heaps of. So yes. that's fantastic. It's been awesome. That, that has been a really cool thing. You know, we were talking about a little bit before uh, this podcast of of how Australia has just really jumped, embraced, embraced the whole podcasting and, uh, you know, all these many American comedians they're on board with. And, and it's been really cool, you know, just from doing uh, Will Anderson's Toe Fop several times. I still get 
it's funny. I was on it when he recorded his first ever live one at the LA Podcast Festival. And I made it, which was, it was, it was with Rove. It was just a blast and, and Dave Anthony. And I made some joke. I don't remember what, but the, the, the audience in the theater didn't laugh that hard. And I went, oh, someone at home is laughing. And I go, if yeah. you found that funny, just send me hashtag LOL. I still get those. Nice. That was no, still that's great. <laughs> I've still been getting it. It's always somebody from Australia. And, and uh, it's been so cool. You know, Will Anderson talks about this in the interview, actually, the, the, the podcast documentary that we've is going to be on Kickstarter within a week, probably. A week to a week and a half at week the a, tops. week and a half. Um, uh, you know, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll just uh, some stuff with the Amazon payments. Film the video. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but like there's a, there's a great interview um, that we got. You know, we already got some of the interviews. There's a lot more to shoot, obviously. That's what we're doing Kickstarter. But um, talking to Will Anderson, and he's like, you know, here I am in America. Most people don't know who I am here. And there was a hundred some people, you know, packed into the, to see him. And they're just because they, most of them just know him from podcasting, from being a guest on Comedy Film Nerds or Walking the Room. Right. And that's why they want to be in. And they have no idea that he's a giant name. He's like- In Australia. He's one of the biggest comics he's, in he Australia. Does theater. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's like Louis yeah. C.K. level in terms of, of, of Australia. And and so that was like, that's that was really- Well, let's really drop cool. this little nugget yeah. now, I think, because uh, the Kickstarter campaign, we're going to be doing stretch goals too. We want to, we want to fund the entire movie. But stretch goals are going to be- us traveling to Australia mm-hmm. and to Japan and uh, some of these other places that Which we we wouldn't so be able to get to. Well, we we really want to go. We well, really want to go, and we're going to interview fans and we're going to interview podcasters and make it like a great big conflux of fans well, and podcasters because you guys you're you're a big part of uh, the podcast the movement. Guys, yeah, you guys weren't, we wouldn't yeah. be doing this if you guys weren't here. So if you guys weren't, weren't so actively involved in this, and I think it's going to be really cool to show like a Mark Marin fan or whatever, Aisha Tyler fan in Omaha, you know, and then one in Sydney or some small and, town. Or, and then in, one in Tokyo. One in Tokyo, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like somebody in the Outback or whatever who, because we get a lot of fans who are like, I live in a small room. Holding a boomerang. Holding a boomerang. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and uh, riding dingoes. Yes. Like that's what they're, they're dingo farmers. Um so uh, go farm or something like that. <laughs> that's just the worst. Because like, yeah, riding a dingo with a boomerang, that's kind of cool. But yeah. farming the dingo, you know, now you just made a lot of enemies. <laughs> you cross the line, Graham. <laughs> go, uh, go there with your brilliant Australian accent. Ask where the dingo, fa- the closest dingo farm is. Hello, where's my dingo farm? Like, like, just like, Can I take one home? Are they cuddly? <laughs> <laughs> Can they be trained to be companion animals and fly on American Airlines? It's a service animal. I want a dingo as a service animal. That makes total sense. Oh my god! So we're coming to Australia to get dingoes as service animals. That's what the stretch goals are. Yeah. Oh my god! Donate for that. Yes. Because then watch it. Like what happens on that plane is better than what happens on Carnage Island. <laughs> When you take that dingo on that plane and ask it to oh, be in service. That'll be great. It'll be awesome. Um, I think there's a bunch of Australians now who are saving up money just to have me come out there to, to beat, punch me in the face. Can I pet your service With a dingo. animal? By all means. 
just waiting at the airport with a bunch of wild dingoes going, here we go, Graham. We're ready. Here's your stretch goal. You know what it would love? It would love your roast beef sandwich. Just give it (laughs) right now. I'll be over here. So, yes, the Kickstarter campaign, guys. We will announce it. Um... Uh, make sure you, uh, we'll start when we have the actual Kickstarter up, but make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that because we will, we will announce it as soon as it's up. As soon as it's up. Um, mm-hmm. But get ready because Dango Farming is in it's on the way. <laughs> now that that's going to happen, I just yes. doubled what I'm planning to <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to yeah. see that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's um, let's get into some movies. First, we're going to talk, we'll talk about a couple movies that, that Chris and I saw that just mm-hmm. came out and then we'll go into kind of a, um, all three of us will get into our like sort of top ten and top and bottom yeah. ten. Of the, of and we'll, the kind, year. we'll kind of use CJ's uh, list as a guide yeah, yeah. because he he, he, d- he donated uh, an entire episode to uh, to his top and bottom ten. And you know he's got he's got some good movies on here, <laughs> yeah. so we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But let's talk about. I actually went to see Walking with Dinosaurs. Okay, that's the uh, the BBC movie, the um, the animated movie, but it's it's CG animation. Now this was a very interesting movie. Walking with Dinosaurs is a huge franchise. I mean, it, they've got books, they've got uh, a lot of specials, they have live performances that they sell out arenas, and those are and animatronic. They're dinosaurs? all animatronic. Yeah. yeah, the ones in the live shows, and then the specials is all uh, a mixture of puppetry and um, CG. So now this film was what CG? This film was all CG. Okay, yeah, it, it might was have had 3D. A, it was three D, okay. but we saw it two D. And do they have a television show as well? They're specials. essentially like this special. Yeah, yeah. Right. Specials, yeah, and they're 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 done very well. They're done um, like like they set them up like a nature documentary where you're actually um, it looks like they went out into the wild and recorded the dinosaurs like in herds attacking other dinosaurs, and it they look fantastic. Technologically, um, what they do is really amazing. Now, um, the movie, however, um, let's Has start a with the good. Boy. Yes, <laughs> let's start with the good part. Technologically, it is amazing, and it literally looks like you're watching a nature documentary, but with dinosaurs attacking each other. It's where the movie completely goes off the rails and falls apart is in two places. A, the casting. It has the most bizarre cast. They set it up like um, um, those... Uh, Don Bluth movies, those like Littlefoot movies, Wait, like the, you, what, the um, what are those those Don Bluth movies? The um, I don't know what time Land Before about. Time oh, movies. Okay. There's like ten of those. What you mean casting? Uh, do the dinosaurs speak? That's what I'm. That's where I'm going. Yes, oh my that's God. where he, they they made it into a kids movie, but they had no idea how to make it into a kids movie. So it starts live action with Carl Urban taking his like niece and nephew on like a dig, and I'm thinking, well, that's Judge Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just taking his niece and nephew with this graveling voice about, you know, and, uh, you know, the two kids. That's actually Bones. Yeah, and Bones, of course. Bones. And, but I saw Judge Dredd more recently, so I had that in my head. Just this jutting jaw and and because he he had this real gravelly voice especially in, in this and, and this like one for some reason too violent mainstream yes movie, and the most violent like, yeah, yeah made potentially and they're yeah, like oh let's so, get that guy so for the it, fun it, dad it had that ca- <laughs> yeah it had that casting of like well who's available and who can we afford <laughs> yeah and and then um um it goes into the animation so then the the um animation starts and then all the dinosaurs and the birds everyone talks but their mouths don't move so they do this weird thing where the dinosaurs because they look 
look real, but then they have, it's almost a voiceover as they're talking. Like that terrible scene in one of the Twilight movies. Where yeah, all the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you, and it's got like Justin Long and John Leguizamo in it, like these crazy they always get John voices. Leguizamo yeah, and. Uh, as the meek rat or yeah, whatever. It, it, <laughs> 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 Professional meek rat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and top of his CV, it's and, and it's <laughs> like oh, that's John because he plays the same thing. It's like you know this this forced manic um, bird or whatever, and that's that's what he played. And the dialogue for the, the a kids movie is so ridiculous and so flat and so boring. You're like, okay, this is what happened. They're like, well, let's make a kids movie and let's. Somebody at the Walking with Dinosaurs office went, "Oh, I can write the screenplay. How hard could it be? You know that it, it has that feel to it. Like just just put it together, just make a movie." And so they took all the knowledge of technology and dinosaurs and all that and threw it away, and made this horrible uh, kids movie that technologically, visually looks amazing, but it hurts your ears to actually oh. listen to this horrible kids dialogue. The uh, like you know this boring stories. Just have them do CG. Uh, like nature, like movie with do a, with what the, they do best. Right, yeah, with a, yeah. With, a, with, a, with a you know a, a, a you know a Patrick Stewart type voice going the dinosaur. Exactly. You know how they should have done it, and this is a great that was a great point, Graham. How they should have done it was um, like the walking with penguins mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like if they would have done it like that, uh, to kind of show Morgan Freeman in. Yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah, but then treat it. Yeah, well, <laughs> treat out. treat it like it was an actual. You know, you're following these animals, yeah. not give them goofy cartoon voices, That's so uh, and not have their mouths move. <laughs> So, so you didn't even go all the way in making them cartoon characters. You, what so, do they talk about anyway? Like, what, what would dinosaurs? Talk? Oh, it's getting cold. Ice well, age well, that's coming. that's where it gets ridiculous. It, it's the, they uh, even the brain start, the size of a tangerine. <laughs> that would have been more interesting. It's so bad. Like they do stuff like I'm going to walk really past this. I'm going to walk past this other dinosaur really quietly. I'm going to be like a ninja. You know. So you have these what? these dinosaurs saying these. Um, you know, and a. Uh, anachronistic lines that make no sense. That they go, well, kids will love this. I'm like, no, no one really did. And now poor Graham has to go see it because yes. you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It to be a and samurai swords, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the dinosaur ninja so, movie? So, it was, it. <laughs> so it, it was a real misfire um, as far as like content-wise. But I will say technologically, it's, those guys are really good at what they do. But I would say skip this and see one of their BBC nature documentaries instead because okay. that that really not only is it visually astounding but it's actually educational and it it's not dumb See if you had the money, if you had that five hundred million dollars on Cutthroat Island somewhere, you could actually make dinosaurs. Yeah, and then yeah. let them fight each other. Like yeah. Jurassic Park. That would be so much more, so much more into your nest egg than what I was going to suggest. But that would be better, obviously. Um, but you could, you could buy your own movie theater, like Quentin Tarantino, and you could show this, but you could just put amazing Philip Glass music to it because if they don't actually move their mouths, you know, adults could go see just the technological coolness. That's what I would do. You know what that. I, would actually work better now that because because you don't even know you would never even know they're talking yeah. if there was a voiceover because there's no nobody's mouths move and if you just see them kind of interacting like animals like like there's one scene where the predator animals are chasing like the herd of um you know plant eaters and it's it looks like you're watching they filmed a nature documentary and actually yeah, saw cool. them chasing it it looks great so <laughs> But the movie's a misfire. <laughs> suddenly there are all these voices yeah. going, I get him, get him. Yeah, yeah. And then there's always a, we, yeah, then, <laughs> then, then, 
Yeah, yeah. Then there's I gotta a, get my cardio in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a, like, like feet don't fail me now. Oh, you know that kind no of stuff. Way. Yeah, but it's that kind of stuff. You're like, it's it's really oh, bad. Feet don't fail me. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it, that you can have all this goodwill and have this entire structure, you know, television specials and toys <laughs> and programs and all yeah. this, and then do something like this and absolutely screw it up. Yeah, it's like Agents of Shield. Yeah, exactly. I was just yeah, gonna, it's yeah. Like Agents Good. of Shield's TV show. Yeah, like, how did exactly that happen? That. You know, you got to really go out of your way. <laughs> or or you just yeah. farm it out. Or you just outsource it to people that don't know what they're doing. That have doing. no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's because like, like the, the, this guy, Barry Cook, who directed this, is a visual effects guy. The, right, know, well, he, there you go. He directed like Mulan in 1998. Well, look at who wrote it, probably. I mean, I doubt there's a long list of uh, screenwriting credits. guy, John Coley, who's written, you know, short films. Um, yeah, Happy Feet, he wrote. Well, those those animated, they have a thousand writers on them, too. You don't know how much he actually did. He might have done the uh, punch-up, or in this movie's case, punch-down. Maybe they just uh, let John Leguizamo and everyone else just improvise. Well, that, it definitely <laughs> felt like that, too. And it also was like, you know what it also felt like with John Leguizamo, too? It really felt like he had, like, improv fatigue. Like, it's like he, you know, he's like, I'm so tired of doing kids' movies and saying goofy shit that even kids don't like. I just can't do it anymore. Oh, how much money? All right, I'll do it one more time. So he brings his D game. It really felt like, it really felt like a D game, yeah. And also, they don't did. even have to match to the mouths No, there's nothing to match just, either. They can just say any So he just came yeah. in the voiceover studio one day and he's just like, aha, go get them, guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, 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 don't fail me now. Yeah, yeah. 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 You got bananas? Hey, yeah, yeah. Don't go there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No. You do the math. And mm-hmm. you just said all these bad catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk to the hand and yeah, then that's what it, it yeah. out, send a check here. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what he did. <laughs> Make it out. I'm sure it can't be as terrible as yeah, that. Make it out like to Mambo worst Mouth. children's movie yeah. ever made. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it hasn't been doing that well either, which all is right. a shame. The missed opportunity. Well, let's go into uh, The Wolf of Wall Street because then this we can just sort of blend into the ten, okay. top 10 and 10 best. All right, I saw this. You've seen this, I'm assuming? No, this is the one you, I haven't seen. It was literally kind of, you know, that, that trans-Pacific flight mm, has kept this now, away from me. Now, Wolf, did the wolf, did the mouth actually move when the wolf yes, talked? Yes, the wolf talked. <laughs> we got to see the wolf hunt. Um, <laughs> this film, you know, I... Because I'm in the, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, I'm starting to get screener copies of, of certain films and um, but this I really wanted to see on the big screen because it's Martin Scorsese. Good on you. That's I it would be horrified if you didn't yeah. because yeah. of that. I know you have to say like I I I watched a screener of August Osage County, which we'll talk about. Which that's fine to watch. Yeah, it's a set at a table, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a stage play that yeah. they put in a table with cameras. Um, so this, you know, I was very excited to see this. The trailer was really interesting. Um, that the trailer it it's it's three hours it's a three hour movie and it doesn't need to be that long I mean you could li- cut at least thirty minutes if not forty five or sixty out of it because there's just one scene after another I mean you see his rise well, what's the basic premise okay it's it's about this guy this actual guy Jordan Belfort who got um, uh, crazy wealthy on Wall Street by being sort of illegal about it and was just rampant greed corruption and and all this stuff so is it you, based on a true guy yeah it's a real guy jordan okay. goldberg's a real guy he wrote a book and uh you know <laughs> saying look how i screwed everyone yeah, over yeah. Yeah. Screwed everyone and how over. much fun i had right and how much fun he had doing so that's what it's doing and it's just showing this this this, this rabid greed okay right and they capture that quite well but then you're just like 
you see how he gets there, which is great. And then once he's there and they're making crazy money and they're just literally like cocaine hooker parties in their office and it's they're just, you know, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars and they're just they live this insane lifestyle. Is it is it inside a trading or is it more fraudulent even than yeah, that. Yeah, there's some insider trading. There's um, th- they they're doing. It's not. It's past SEC violations. It's like the federal government had to get involved right, because right, he right. was like illegally. He was having fake people. Like he was owning part of companies that he was selling. Right. Uh, you know, like that's that's <laughs> that's the FBI gets involved. But like, so there's just one crazy scene of him yelling and then having sex and cocaine. Like they, sh- I was like, okay, I got it. Right. Like, um, so how decadent was he? Yeah. Was it really? <laughs> I know. I was like, I get it. Like one, just and there's literally just orgies and there's all this nudity. Like mm-hmm. it's a your watch. It's almost porn. That can get watching. really frustrating too. Like one of the reasons I had to stop watching Entourage was I just got sick of being envious of them. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and if so I was, was like watching Caligula. too many scenes, of that I'd be like, I just want to be there. I just want to take cocaine right. and do a hooker right now. Yeah. And instead, <laughs> you are, and I'm sitting here. I know. So you're just sort of like, and you know, the the, the it, there's very funny scenes in it. I was in a very full theater. The crowd was laughing um, a lot. But then, you know, he even says, you know, oh, my, I'm a drug addict. And you start to seal. And the way that sort of, you know, wheels come off, it takes forever to get to that place. And And it also must feel really inevitable, I guess. It's so inevitable. So why drag it? Why have so much? You know that it's coming. I mean, it's based on a true story. Yeah. So... uh, and you see um, uh, Kyle Chandler plays um, the, this FBI agent. He's not in it that much. It's mainly Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill is very funny in it. Um, was he Jonah Hilly? Yeah. Uh, no, he actually was playing a New York guy. And they did a good job. They gave him these big white teeth. And he's got this New York accent. Huh. He's like, so oh, he's It's not, a little bit different. It's very different. Oh, he cool. wasn't being Jonah Hilly, which was good. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, oh, I don't know what to do. He was like, yeah, I'm going to fuck this hooker. And I'm going to mm-hmm. take the money. And Oh, that sounds funny. It sounds like you could cut his own movie, like a 40-minute Jonah Hill doing mm-hmm. that. That would be you good. I mean, you got who uh, Margot Robbie, who's an Australian actress, was in it. Um, and she, you know... She from Blood Island? She's from Blood <laughs> Island. Um, she was on that TV show Pan Am. Um, but and she's very good in it. All the performances are very good. It's just it just goes on too long. And it's like why are we I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio spends the, most of the movie yelling either in an argument or in a like, yeah, we're going to fucking do this. Like That could get tiring. If Martin Scorsese had to enter it into a film festival, let's say he was, you know, let's bring him down <laughs> to a real street level and there was one line for genre, would he write comedy in that line? Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, it's been nominated by the Golden Globes as a comedy. Without having seen it, I'm sure. And Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Nominations came out like a month ago. I know. Um, so... It is a comedy. It's is it satirical? Because it, could it border on satire? A little bit. I mean, you finally start to see, like, oh, here's the actual reality. If you're going to do that much drugs and yeah. be that illegal and corrupt, like, here's the reality of it. And that was the kind of thing that when he when he did that, the crowd went ooh. 
And these these teenage girls behind me at the end went, wow, that took kind of a weird turn. And I, 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 I was like, <laughs> they weren't expecting. I was like, I, I said, to, I even said, like, oh, really? You weren't expecting that? And they just kind of looked at me, and yeah. I was like, who's the old guy who's yelling at us? <laughs> Like, At least why? you didn't say, do you want to go reenact scene three? Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 16. <laughs> it was, but, but so, so the, the, the one thing, and so when they did that, you know, it was sort of Scorsese, which he is good at. It was like, like, obviously you, you reference like Goodfellas. Yeah. You go, Goodfellas started out and he's like, oh, the fun loving mob guys. And then you went, no, 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 they're sociopaths. And they, this is an ugly and awful. something horrible is going to happen yeah. to all of them at all the end them. and they do horrible things yeah. they're not they're not oh they're just bending the rules a little bit yeah. no no they're and no one killers. went didn't see that coming yeah so <laughs> this i think beca- also based on a book also yes. the rise and fall and right. hill yeah and uh, and i think because it there's so much just one cocaine sex party after another it did sort of come out of nowhere, and it just, I, I literally, just get us there quicker, man. Like, cut at least 35, 40 minutes off of this movie. Like, three hours was like, come on, man. And this movie's been in the edit for a while. Scorsese's been struggling with it, and he's been stressing about it. I mean, I understand this. I didn't know the guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, you know, he finally did sort of accept the rush and say, okay, here, you can have it in time for, for this current for awards yeah. consideration time frame. And it sounds like obviously he wasn't willing to do, to go in and really hack it. He was no. like, if you want it for this Oscars, if you want it to be nominatable for this Oscars, then this is what you're getting, a three-hour version. Because normally he's a little more precise than that. I think so. And that, that was the thing that sort of... Did left. the editing feel rushed? It felt like... Oh, I don't know if the editing felt... Well, yeah, I mean, it felt rushed in the sense that... I don't know if I would use the term rushed. The whole, It felt like not enough time. I mean, editing is such a methodical process. I mean, Correct. that is the fine-tuning. Yeah. That is the, like, the sculptor chiseling with the little... The, the fine sandpaper and all those. That's what editing is, and it just didn't... I, I can't imagine Martin Scorsese sitting there with his people that he's been working with who've all made amazing movies and not going, well, this scene is repetitive. Right. Like, this scene's repetitive. What 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 is happening in this scene? You know, Kyle Chandler starts poking his nose around, and it's like, okay, here we go. Let's, How is this new information? Here comes the story. Here comes the right. story, and yeah. then, it, then there's another 40 minutes of sex parties before we see Kyle, you know, it's just like... Now, well, that brings us to the next thing. Is Do you think it's... Best picture material. No. It's not. There's okay. some performance nominations in there for sure. I think uh-huh. Jonah Hill should get one. Leonardo uh-huh. DiCaprio's been chasing that goddamn statue for 25 years, He really years, has, man. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, every year he does some big things. So uh, is it is it a great performance for him? Yeah, it is. Um, and I really like Leonardo DiCaprio. I just best picture with this with this... With the Academy's 10 best format, I think it might get one under that because it's Scorsese and DiCaprio. Yeah. And um, there's more room. Yeah, there's, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. There's yeah. more room under the under the five, the old five format. I don't know if it would have deserved it. I think it will. I do not think it's best picture. Got it. Okay. So no, let, it let's go into, let's like go it. into what 
now you, CJ, what your 10 best of the... Yeah, let's talk about your uh, your top 10 picks. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I've, as I say, I think it was um, a great year for films, and that's part of the reason that I'm sure that you're right about mm-hmm. this one. I mean, the besides yourself, just reading other things and hearing other things, it does not sound like people are very happy about it. And um, it really sounds like people uh, are kind of saying like, whoa, Mr. Scorsese, this is really not up to your standards. Mm-hmm. This is really a kind of weird left turn for you. But there were some great ones. And interestingly, you know, the one I think that's absolutely the best film of the year, and a lot of people will think this, was only 91 minutes long. And, you know, it was the exact opposite of mm-hmm. an overindulgence because even though it was a huge movie with massive artistic and commercial aspirations, I'm talking about Gravity, obviously, it was only 91 minutes, right. you know, the, and that is so controlled and precise. And, you know, that's it was all, lean. Yeah, it was totally lean. It was lean. And, and the, the, I mean, the only like criticisms I could give to that film were just some of the stuff that like scientists and actual astronauts are like, no, bullshit, which yeah. even then I went, okay, but it was still such a compelling story. It, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting that like those little nitpicky things, you have to suspend disbelief on because they move the narrative of the story forward. So there had to be kind of like a compromise there and a little it's bit. So great. And really Sandra Bullock carrying this film. Yeah. And she's amazing. Alone in space. It was like her survivor. It really was, man. It was it was it was it was <laughs> not great. her lone survivor. Not yeah, but her alone survivor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or he, castaway, I meant not yeah, the not the T V show. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I thought this movie was also amazing on many different levels. I thought technologically it was amazing. It was it's always great to see someone use 3D in a way that yep. you're like, you go, oh, I have to see this movie in 3D. Uh, and and if you haven't seen it in C- 3D, go see it in 3D to. while it's still in yeah. the cinema. You literally yeah. have to. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's me- not this- just a movie. It is a 3D movie. Yeah. This is yeah. what 3D was for. Yeah. Right. Was and- to, to make you feel like you were st- out in the vastness of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this ever expansive world. 3D does that. A 2D screen won't. And, and, and that that's exactly right. I mean, the 3D makes you feel trapped with her in space. I mean, that's that's really what it what it makes it feel like. Yeah, like yeah. Lo- you feel lost right. out there. Like, yeah. And, and if you think you're going to see this on DVD, you're going straight to Bloodthirsty Island. <laughs> 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 because that would just be horrendous. If you watch there's a screener of this yeah. on your 40 inch, then nah, we're taking you off. Yeah, it, it's it's a great movie. It's definitely going to get nominated for Best Picture, and oh, yeah. it deserves to. And, and this was also the kind of movie both, that too. Should, I mean, she for sure needs to get. It. Yeah, she yeah, and I think nominated for everything. I think George and Clooney all the other visual too. effects guys are yeah. walking home right now. But you but, know. but you know, but this movie also what I what I love about movies like this is that when initial buzz comes out for this for movies like this, there's skepticism, especially uh, I would say definitely on my part when you, when you hear like just the story. Oh, um, an astronaut's lost in space, and we're developing new cameras and all this stuff. You it it's met with a skeptical eye. I'm like, oh great, what's this? this is going to be like a two hour Apollo 13 that's boring. Yeah, you like know? I'm still skeptical about Robert Redford on a boat for two hours without a tiger. Yeah, yeah, without a tiger. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so so this movie not only did it have to overcome skepticism, it had to win people over that were already um, going the other direction, and then to actually do it that successfully and that completely, like then. Uh, like Neil went to see, um, there was a screening for this movie, like like the trailers at Comic Con, and they were talking about. It, and he said it's amazing. So once the footage started appearing, everyone started kind of 
turning around on it. Yeah. And then I went in with an open mind. I'm like, okay, well, I've heard good, and it still sounds, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I'm going to clear all that away, just go, let me see this movie. And I was blown away by it. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's it, 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 it's phenomenal to me that uh, Alphonse Cuaron and his son, who wrote it together, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't have a whole list of writers. It's just those two guys. They came up with this idea and essentially wrote a script that was unfilmable, unmakeable, and then made it. And I think that's a remarkable concept of the creative mind and imagination. You know how so often you actually limit yourself and sometimes very, very consciously and sometimes unconsciously, but you limit yourself. I mean, uh, an opposite example is, you know, you're indie filmmakers and you're like, look, we can raise $600,000, so let's write a script that we can shoot for $600,000. So so Mm. you write The Canyons and, you know, we can shoot in our friends' houses and blah, blah, blah. But this one, it was like, this can't be done. But he still sat with his son and they devoted all his time to writing something that couldn't be made. The technology doesn't exist to shoot this movie. They invented the technology to make it and got the funding for it. I mean, it is just, to me, that is why it deserves to be best film as well because it's just such a bold vision to actually commit to something that you can't do and then do it. And then do it well. Not only do it so well because it was moving beyond being an astonishing technological achievement, it was moving. The final shot moved me. It could have looked beautiful and been boring. It really could have. You could have also taken that story and put her at sea and it would have been compelling because it it was her story. I mean, Obviously, yeah. the space and everything <clears throat> added to it, but I'm saying yes, the story was still the, strong. The story was very strong, and 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 her, you know, the stuff she's wrestling with, and and the interaction with George Clooney and all that stuff was like was 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 solid. So now, can I posit one thing to you? And I'm not saying that this, that I believe this, but just have a think about this for a second, or maybe you already haven't have discussed it already. I don't think so though. Um, and this isn't a spoiler, but it could verge on spoiler territory if you want to go get the washing. <laughs> is it possible that George Clooney doesn't exist at all? That she doesn't just make him up later. She's made him up the whole time to get her through this thing. That oh, that's character an character in- doesn't exist at that's all. That's an interesting theory, but no, I think he does. Right, I okay. think he does. I think because, and the reason I think that is because the whole movie starts very grounded. Like, like everything is real. Every everyone's up there. This is all happening. I don't think they'd introduce that type of element at right. the very beginning yeah. um, for that very reason. Right. Everything's real. This is what we see is what we get right now. Now the tragedy hits and everything yeah. goes crazy. Well, let's move forward. Let's move um, some other films you have on your list here uh, that I I want to mention this, Captain Phillips, and which is amazing. And it's, again, another reason why I say Wolf of Wall Street Good film, but it's just it's so hard to hold with movies like Gravity and then Captain Phillips, which is just compelling. It's perfect filmmaking. It's just knows what it wants to do from the outset. From the first minute of the film, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in good hands now. If you if you check the time before you went in, you're like, oh my god, two hours and whatever, thirty eight minutes. Is this going to hold me? Within the first minute, you're like, yep, this is yeah. going to work. You know, if you were worried that oh, I don't really like Tom Hanks, within the first scene with him saying goodbye to his wife, you know, in the oh. car, you're like, yep, this is going to work because there was nothing about him that was Tom Hanksian. I know. You know, this is the first time I've seen him in years that I haven't seen Tom Hanks. I've seen that guy. I've right. seen Captain Phillips, right. which I thought, you know, whatever he's doing, it's subtle, but it worked. I'm, 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 I'm declaring it now. I am. I would put some money on the on him winning Best Actor at the Oscars. 
because everyone loves him in Hollywood and really, you know, we'll get to 12 Years a Slave, I suppose, but no one's really talking about Chiwetel's performance in that movie, you know. They're talking about the... They're talking about the film and its impact. Socially. Yeah, but Tom Hanks really works in this movie and he's brilliant and when you just see the trailers for Saving Mr. Banks, you're like, oh, well, that's Tom Hanks, but this is something else. This is a, a performance, you know, and the movie's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Well, I, I let let's go in. Then you've got on your list twelve years a slave. Because well, I I want to say one thing about the um about Captain Phillips. I don't think I loved it as much as you guys did. Oh, okay. But I still thought it was a it was a good movie. I thought it was it hit all the right notes. It hit all the right beats. It was uh, it felt a little more by the numbers to me and a little too long. Uh, I thought Tom Hanks did a good job, but I think too it was uh, it was a mix of trying to be real and grounded, and also a mix of trying to add these Hollywood elements to it. And sometimes they didn't always. Uh, mesh, but these are nitpicky things. It was still a solid movie. Uh, I don't know if it's going to win Best Picture. I think uh, no. I think Gravity. Yeah, I think Gravity is going to win Best Picture, but but it was still a good movie. It was, it was a good mm-hmm. movie. It, yeah. It'll get some nominations and it'll mm-hmm. win some awards. But Gravity, I think, is going to. Yeah. I think right yeah. now it looks like Gravity could sweep the night. Oh yeah, the only thing that could happen. We'll is, see though. We'll see yeah. though because yeah. Golden Globes and SAG Awards. Yeah, you get an idea of where things start to lean. Yeah. You know? And we're calling this. We're, this is early now, very early days in that award season. So if we're all proved wrong, haha, so what? <laughs> but I will say that one thing that could, I think Gravity has to win and should win. It's like Avatar without the crap. You know, like yeah. Avatar, <laughs> Avatar reset the goalposts, but it had all these flaws. It was too long. The story was a ripoff. Some of the acting was really dodgy. The dialogue was stupid. The dialogue was stupid. All of that stuff. This is like this is a game changer, goalpost resetter without any bad. Just mm-hmm. goodness. The one thing that could happen is at the end of the day, and it didn't look like a video game. No, yeah, it's, like no one's going. Oh, I wish they. Were, I wish I could play Gravity. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play. Yeah. Gravity. Um, the one thing is though, at the end of the day, Gravity is still ultimately a science fiction film, and so you know maybe three out of ten people just won't want to see it and won't like it. At the end of the day, Twelve Years a Slave, only two or three out of people want to see it, but American Hustle is for everyone. You know, that is just everyone can like American Hustle. So somehow, if Gravity and 12 Years a Slave split it, American Hustle could sneak through and win things like Best Picture. Hmm. Just saying. I think Gravity uh, should, but it could. I can't. I mean, I, I... CJ going with the fuzzy math. No, no, I, 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 I think that's a decent strategy because yeah. sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, because, like, you know, 12 Years a Slave, is, as we talked about, we did a spoiler rep on it. It's an amazing film. It's also really hard to watch. And when some people hear that, ooh, it's hard to watch. It's yeah. Laura House does a great uh, written review on the site saying, this is a, an amazing movie that I never want to see again. Right. It's, 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 you, can't, you can't watch that movie twice. And it's been underseen. Like, it hasn't been seen by a lot of people, which means that most Academy voters will see it on DVD, which means that you won't get the beauty of it that you get on the big screen because it's mm-hmm. beautifully made and beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's... it's it in a horrifying and brutal way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah. but that's one of its interesting charms yeah. it's, is how gorgeous it is. Yeah. It's gorgeous, you know, the, the beautiful southern countryside and the southern yeah. plantation with this brutal daily violence, um, which is part of what it was it – was, mm. that was what it was trying to say and showing people, hey, this is what that era was like. Yeah. And also the, the like – the gentlemen and their nice yeah. outfits and mm-hmm. they're buying and selling people, you know, yeah. and it's, and that was, that was interesting to, to get to American hustle because I, I agree that, 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 that 
science fiction just turns some people off. Yeah. And they say, oh, she's floating in space. They hear, oh, violent slavery movie. Ugh, I don't want to see that. I'm queasy or whatever. I, American Hustle could do that. Here's why I don't think personally it is the best picture. Yep. And I don't even think I would give it a nomination. Wow. American Hustle, really? I, because uh, I think it's a lock for a nomination. But anyway, yeah. I, I liked the movie, but as I talked about, you know, David O. Russell makes things way too wacky at times. And, and <laughs> there's some wacky, you know, like <laughs> Alessandro, no, no, is it Alessandro Nivola's character who speaks, who does the entire role as though he's Christopher Walken? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really wacky. It's, it's, so there's just stuff like that. And I don't want to get into spoiler stuff, but you know, that one scene where Jennifer Lawrence is singing and then there's like a fight in there and it's just like, they're, they're so over the top at times. And this is my, this was my complaint with, um, not complaint, but like I really like Silver Linings Playbook last year. But again, it had some scenes that were a little too wacky and over the top. Like he just, he feels like he has to, he's do, those two movies are movies about um, people who are out there, people who aren't, you know, average, who their regular daily behavior, and especially <laughs> yeah. in American Hustle, is hilarious. Yeah. They think what they're doing is real and serious. And so you don't need to make them then go over the top to they, bring it to another level. They don't need to go to another level because their, their, their regular existence is, is like Christian Bale in American hustles got that crazy haircut and he thinks he's slick and he thinks he looks great. Yeah. So you don't need to see him or, or Bradley Cooper, right? He's trying to climb the ladder at the FBI. He's, we, he curls his hair. So then you don't need him. That stuff with Louis CK. I don't know. I just, it is precisely your reservations about it. That are what make it a brilliant film for me. I, everything you're talking about is what I loved about it because I've seen uh, uh, caper films are some of my, my some of my favorites. Like I love that genre. Um, you know, like the Italian Job. The original uh-huh. is like to me like the golden chalice. You know, and um, but so for a caper film to be great, it needs something new. And I think one of the things he did with this is he allowed it to be over the top. It's totally over the top, mm. and all those filmic references, like he makes references to his own movies in it, like the all the siblings on the stairs, and and all that crazy stuff, the crazy outrageousness of it. And that's what I like about it is that it is that it does feel undisciplined, that it does feel chaotic, mm-hmm. and because I'm sure it's actually really precise, but it's got that feel, and that it does feel kind of crazy and cartoony. Mm-hmm. And and that to me gives it it its vibrancy. And I would also say that it's for my mind totally a comedy, and therefore it is played at you know ten or twenty percent above reality, if not more. Whereas Silver Linings Playbook is even it's more realistic. Yeah, you know this yeah, is this drama. is a comedy. You know, I thought. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, let's get into um, now. Uh, also on your list, you've got Upstream Color and Inside Lewin Davis and Philomena and, and Rusty. I, I want to talk about Upstream Color for a minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but very briefly, I want to get into it more on another episode. As, uh, I, now, this just very briefly, this movie was shot like Tree of Life. That's how it really felt to me. Wow. But it was not Tree of Life because it actually was a science fiction movie that had a very specific story with a um, a very specific through line and a very specific rules that were completely indecipherable. <laughs> and the the only reason after I watched the movie, uh, my wife and I watched it together, we um, went to Wikipedia yeah. and literally 
read the cliff notes of the film on how it was actually supposed to go, and then we understood the movie a thousand times more. Now, uh, that's why I want to ask, when you saw the movie, did you get everything that was going on because the way it was shot? It was shot like ethereal, like like metaphorical, but it really wasn't. No. It was a very specific science yeah. fiction story. I... I just like Primer, Shane Cruth's first film and only other feature film, um, like you, I needed to then go to Wikipedia and check out exactly everything that was going on. But that in no way depreciated my appreciation of the film. Like once I read Wikipedia, I then got a burst of exhilaration as though reading Wikipedia after seeing the film was part of the experience because I got certain things, like I certainly got the crime plot, you know, the fact that... Of course. Yeah. And that's all one should say about it, I suppose, to, you know, this whole thing of trailers give away too much. Basically, at its heart, it's about a woman who gets kidnapped and her identity is stolen briefly. So, like, I got all that stuff, and then there's a whole bunch more that I didn't really get, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself for whatever the 98 minutes it was playing anyway, because it was so gorgeous and the acting was so brilliant and the music was so incredible, and I dug the plot that I could get and then when I read more it's like I experienced the whole movie again but in another seven minutes that it took me to read Wikipedia so in that sense I loved both of those elements his films are incredibly precise and the scripts make perfect sense but they are almost impossible to follow on first viewing and so that's what he does you know, and they're very unique in that way. And they ain't for everyone. I would never tell my mother to see either of his films or any of his future work because that's what he does. But there are certain people who I think would love these movies much more than most films. So that's interesting because I actually liked Primer and I thought that was much more accessible and much more uh, narr- <laughs> really? narratively sound. Right. I really do. Uh, whereas this movie, now I get and agree with everything you just said. With um, The difference is uh, I think it's a failure of the filmmaker if I have to go to Wikipedia to understand what I just saw. So, And it's, for me, that's how the movie fell flat. I want the movie to be a self-contained piece of entertainment even if i have to watch it on multiple viewings i need that information so i can get to point a to point b without having to go to another source uh so so i agree with everything you just said i just didn't enjoy the movie can i ask you one question though though what if that's not the filmmaker's intention is it then still a failure like if, if if it's my intention to make a comedy and it's not funny i failed but if it's my intention to make a drama and it's not funny, I haven't necessarily failed. What if it's not his intention to make the film you want, which is a film where you can get it on first viewing? Well, then you have to ship the film with a novel. You have to actually ship it with the other medium that you need to experience the other no, thing totally. The way I, 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 I mean, I think CJ brings up a good point. If, if the filmmaker's intention is to get you to expand your thinking and you have to do more research, if it's using the film as a starting point, not as a beginning, middle, and end, right. then it is, then he has, and then he did attain his goal by getting you to do more research after the movie because that, to me, if, again, if that was his intention. Right. If it wasn't, then 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 he has sort of dropped the ball. But because, okay. because, because if he's wanting you... Like I want my audience to think more. I want them. I don't want them to just watch this. Go. That was entertaining, and then go right. back to home and and go. You guys are making some valid points. I think you're starting <laughs> to change my mind a little bit. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen. Yeah, the movie, you know but- what? Now now that we're discussing it, it's interesting. I'm actually. I, I'm. I can kind of see what you guys are saying. And you haven't even seen the movie no. yet. But that. So if that was the filmmaker's intention, like this is the first piece of this big puzzle that I'm giving you. 
Um, is it a failure then? That's a great question. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's uh, it was his intention and it just wasn't for everyone, but it's a, um, you know, if you put it in that kind of concept, context, this is the piece of a larger puzzle. Now go find the other pieces and you'll enjoy this first piece more. Because I, I believe that to be true. I, that, mm-hmm. Because... When All right, I, I think I'm changing my opinion. Yeah, because when, <laughs> I, when I made, when I made Afghanistan, I wanted people to, to, I was very and still am conflicted mm-hmm. about the, those those experiences, and mm-hmm. I wanted people to watch that film and go through what I went through and leave the movie kind of conflicted, not mm-hmm. oh hey Graham make, told right. jokes and go home, and I want people to like think about it and talk about it and and because we've been in Afghanistan for. Right. 12 years now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and 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 if that's if that's what his what his goal is Because the, this movie is so well made that you never get the point where the, get the uh impression that like oh he doesn't know what he's doing. No. This isn't what he wants to show you. Right. So which is what which is even more reason I think to to go along with with sort of with CJ's theory is because he clearly has demonstrated I'm putting so much time and effort into this as opposed to just a sloppy filmmaker who mm. just throws it together. Just throws it and it's like, oh, yeah. I got to go fucking research your yeah. dumb bullshit because you didn't, you know, yeah. because it's not that. Yeah, and uh, I will say too, the first five minutes, I almost shut it off. Wow. I, will, I mean, the first, I was like, I can't, I can't even watch this. Yeah. And then it's one of those movies too, it starts to kind of, it, Draws you, it draws you in. It draws you in. And um, so, yeah. So that's – if you don't understand what's going on, yeah. intentional. <laughs> and just to go along with that intention is that it is intentionally made for a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the human race to watch. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like it would have been nice if more people had gone to see 12 Years a Slave. But this is not intended for the majority. This is not intended for the mainstream. You have to be willing to see it twice or three times or do extra research. You probably kind he, of have to like sci-fi. He made you know, a it's, movie. It's, it's totally art house and he made a movie to be art house. Yeah. It's, it's experimental. It, it's yeah. even beyond that, I yeah. think. I think you hit a great point. He made a movie for his fans. Yeah. And that's, yes. the, there's, I don't even know who else you're going to bring into that tent. Yeah. I really do. It's that <laughs> yep. It's that kind of movie. It's like yep. when you watch a David Lynch movie, you're like, well, it's a David yep. Lynch movie. You either like him or you don't. Yep. It's like, you know, this is like, yep. oh, it's a Shane He's Carruthers like a movie. more obscure David yeah. Lynch. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's like, well, <laughs> wow. you, know what, you know what you're getting into. But I will say Primer, I thought was much more accessible. I didn't have to sure. go to Wikipedia after Primer. Yeah. This one you, you had to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's um, you know, let's get into some films uh, that you have sort of uh, in your honorable mention and, and you have listed as also great and interesting. Um, I, I want to talk about, first, I don't know why Elysium's on your honorable mentions list, but uh, I... Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great time watching it, but I do realize, I mean, I've heard you guys about it particularly, Chris. I absolutely, and you know, just like you sort of came around to the intentions yeah. of Shane Carruth, you know, a lecture at 3.30 this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I've sort of come around to Alicia based on listening to you guys talk about it. <laughs> Maybe this movie does suck. And (laughs) and I've realized something, that by the time it came, like in the context of the American summer releases, Mm -hmm. it was such a breath of fresh air after so much Mm. calcified dog shit Mm -hmm. that I thought I was watching a masterpiece. Do you know what I mean? It it came late in the summer. I'd already seen a lot of crap. And this right. film wasn't that. Mm-hmm. And it had ideas and it looked amazing. And I also went in expecting good things because District 9, Neil Blomkamp, was so brilliant. Right. So right. And so I reckon when I, on my 
in my various incarnations in Australia, rated it four out of five stars. I probably was being generous. way too generous. And if I could go back in time, I would change that rating. Two, two and a half or Probably two and a half because I've got to at least have some integrity. And, you know, know, but you're right and you are right. You know, the Jodie Foster thing is just... Freaking ludicrous! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, let's talk about everyone's changing minds on this show. Everyone's coming around. It's it's wonderful for 2004. That's, yeah. that's, that's what 2014. I want to avoid so, being taken yeah. to Shark Net Island. <laughs> Um, Graham is just standing just stand with the bodies behind yeah. They all liked Elysium too, CJ. Well, let's, well, let's mention a couple like popcorn summer movies that we did kind of like. Like I liked um I liked Pacific Rim, Iron Man 3, and probably Wolverine were just kind of fun times at the summer movies. Yes, on all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I um you Wolverine was a blast. Um I, I had a lot of good fun at that film. Um Pacific Rim we talked about with Will Anderson. That was that was that was just robots and dragons fighting. Yeah, and a fan it. rescued the yeah. spoiler app. Yeah, a fan <laughs> rescued the spoiler app, which was a, an amazing part of 2013. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you have it on your list too, Fast and Furious 6. Oh, that was great. It was a blast. It was crazy that fun. It's just like, just, oh my goodness. Like, it's, it's, I mean, obviously something like Gravity or 12 Years a Slave is champagne. And the Fast and Furious franchise is like cheap, terrible beer. But if you drink seven cheap, terrible right. beers, it's awesome. <laughs> right. And that's and what that movie is. I remember. I remember. <laughs> so good. I remember um, going skiing once in college. And we had skied all, me and my buddies, New Year's Day, skied all day. And we're just exhausted. But we had this awesome day of skiing. And we then packed lunches and we're in the parking lot eating these crappy sandwiches just not nothing i don't know whether just like bologna and cheese with mustard they've been sitting in a car all day but they tasted thing ever i still remember that sandwich i've probably had you know 1500 sandwiches since then some of them Mm. expensive well-made i can't remember all them but i remember that sandwich Mm -hmm. and there's nothing delicate about what you were feeding yourself you know there's no no delicacy there no subtlety and likewise the fast and furious franchise particularly five and six it's over the topness is what makes it great like in five when they're dragging that safe through is it like that is hysterical and it's like i can't believe that someone okayed this script and that's why it's brilliant the director knows that you know it's ridiculous and i'm so sad on a serious note about paul walker because both for him and i'm also really sad that this franchise was just gonna keep going well now they're really gonna have to take a right turn that was not an intended pun um about it you know because because of how he died you can't i don't think you can really show him driving cars fast now with any taste whatsoever if there's any taste i don't know i don't know what you i don't know what the franchise does well they also we don't know what footage has been shot yet either like if they were in the middle of shooting and it sounds like they were in the middle right it sounds like they were pretty Mm -hmm. much halfway of of actual yeah. shooting yeah. of him. So you, so you don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't it. know. That's that's a tricky yeah. thing. But that movie was a blast. I also want to. I want to. So talk good. About, I'm so glad everyone loves that it movie. It was such a blast. Um, I want to talk about Mud too, which is a film that this we've talked about it. This new incarnation of Matt McConaughey. Amazing. I mean, again, his small scene in Wolf of Wall Street. You're just like, fuck. Like he came on for a couple of days, probably right after Dallas Buyers Club, because he's still really skinny. Oh, is he? And you're just like, Jesus, like they just let him, it was just like, wow. And then Mud, 
Mud is one of these films. I don't know if it, I don't know what kind of Oscar action it's going to get, maybe because it came out too early in the year or what, but it's a solid movie, man. If I was Mud's producers or distributors or whoever has the power to do this, and like with bigger movies than Mud, it's the studios who have the power to do this in consultation with their stars, agents and with the stars. If I was this person, I would put Matt Matthew McConaughey up for best supporting actor for the uh, for the awards because on the one hand he is like it's the boy's story right you know the lead boy it's his story he is the lead and also there's too many people in the best actor race you know including Matthew McConaughey himself for Dallas Buyers Club so I would be pushing him for best supporting actor and I think he would really have a, a shot. strong mm-hmm. shot at that. yeah that's a great that's a great that's a great mm. strategy um yeah you, and um go ahead I was just going to say, you know how, like, there are some actors who are over it and, like, you know, you could be Bruce Willis who's supposedly famously grumpy on set and all of this, read Kevin Smith's book, you know, so hysterical. And, like, they can have all the money in the world but it's still not Paradise Island and so blah, blah, blah. And there are other actors who are striving and up and coming. But, you know, there's no one who's just loving getting out of bed Every single day on either side of those of that middle gap, Matthew McConaughey yeah. is the one guy in Hollywood who every morning he's getting up, not only going like, yay, I'm a movie star, I'm wealthy, it's great, I've got great directors to work with. He's also getting up saying like, and I'm really doing everything creatively right right, right now. I am just, everything about my life is great yeah. and I'm really working properly. He, yep, he's Johnny Depp 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> like, Please don't let him become Johnny Depp today. <laughs> what happened to Johnny Depp? Like, it's amazing because. Too much money. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And you know what I think it is too is, uh, and we'll get into the worst movies real quickly. I think with Johnny <laughs> Depp is that that type of um, skyrocketing career was pretty much unsustainable. When you look at Johnny Depp's career, quirky, different type of characters under the radar for many, many years, just like Nicolas Cage. Then when he hits, oh, this is great. He's doing all these quirky things in mainstream movies. He's still awesome. Then, oh, he's doing it again. He's doing it again. Now he's not interested anymore. Now he's off the rails. It, it It's almost like a human nature kind of thing where once you're, you're at the top, there's nowhere else to go. It, yeah. It's like you can't really uh, sustain that. Now, a couple people have, like somebody like Tom Hanks has kept that integrity all the way through. It's such a hard balancing act. I think sometimes you get seduced by the money and because you've struggled somewhere. I, I think he, I, I, I think he's just started making all the wrong decisions. Right, so. but but Matthew McConaughey came up. Okay, he was he was in. Um, you know, he had that great. What was that high school movie where he was the the guy who was like. Um, thing i like about high school girls no matter how old they stay the same age what, what was that no <laughs> great quote great impersonation oh, <laughs> what is that movie? it's one of those slackers kind of movies yeah, i can't yeah. was yeah. it dazed and confused i think yeah, it was dazed, dazed and confused, confused. Really? yeah yeah that's where he came from that's where, that yeah, movie yeah. that movie spawned a lot of great people he, oh yeah he, yeah he was great in that and then he and then he came up basically making his his living as the good looking he did all those romantic stupid rom-coms yeah like yeah. there's one of them that was decent which was uh, <laughs> ghosts of girlfriends past mm-hmm. actually there's some funny scenes in there. Michael Douglas is great for the most part. Failure to launch. He did this movie Surfer Dude just because I know yeah, he, he likes yeah. to surf. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Direct to video because he surfs in Malibu. This is before he got married. He was yeah. living in a trailer in Malibu and he didn't give a shit, which I gave him credit for. So he did all these. So he didn't. He didn't come up the way Johnny Depp did with amazing performances after that. Me. No one noticed that. No yeah. one noticed. Yeah. He came up as. You know the Catherine Heigl of yep, his right. era. It's a different trajectory. And absolutely, learning his craft, and along learning the way. his craft, and then you know he could keep making those movies. Yeah, but he, it was he chose like, not to. Chose not to, man, and 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 like 
God bless him for and, this. And the thing versus Johnny Depp with him is like, so at some point he's decided to take more interesting roles rather than be that leading rom-com man. And so he realises that, for example, in Mud, um, being a convict on the lamb who becomes an unwanted mentor to a couple of boys is an interesting character role. And he realises that being the sleazy dude at the strip club, the sleazy owner, it's not the lead, Channing Taylor's lead, is, he realises the sleazy owner is an interesting character role. Unlike right. Johnny Depp, whose mind has been so obfuscated by gazillions of dollars or whatever, that he's like, oh, an interesting character role is, oh, I'll put on purple hair and a white face. You know what I mean? Well, you, you've never seen a trajectory like that before where you have this indie beloved indie actor yeah. who everyone loves yeah. cult following huge great yeah. couldn't get into studio movies and then does one big studio movie pirates of the caribbean and has characters dressed as him walking around theme parks yeah, yeah. you know how do you right. go from crazy indie actor drama to having theme park characters walk around as you yeah you can't there's nowhere else to go after yeah. that uh so you know you have these weird trajectories you either have like um you have the Nicolas Cage trajectory, Indie <laughs> Darling and Off the Rails, yeah. and Ghost Rider. And then you have Tom Hanks, where it's been a slow, steady burn, yeah. and you control what you're in and what your performances are. And like the, the way Matthew McConaughey is going. Yeah. It's funny, because if you look at Matthew McConaughey's career, he obviously was trying to do this early on, like when he was in Lone Star. And I have right. no, no recollection of him in Lone Star. Well, he, he played, and it's a small part, he played the young, the, the, the guy who was... Um, uh, Sheriff Sam Deeds when he was younger. I just remember that oh, being wow. like. A, I just remember that being like a six-hour movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good movie. It's, it's really weird, cool, weird. creepy yeah. ending. Yeah. Very, yeah, creepy, and it just lasted ending. for so long. Um, but, but then you know, how long was it? I'm just curious. What was the runtime? Like it was six movie. hours. Yeah, it was six hours. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he was in U five seven one, and then he did the wedding <gasps> planner. You know what I mean? Like he just would like. I think he probably was in that spot where he's in frailty too, where a lot of actors are, Bernie. which is which is yeah, Bernie. Where he went, <clears throat> okay, I want to do this, but this is all that's offered to me. Yeah, and then I'm offered these these popcorn rom coms, and they do a shit ton of money, yeah. and so and they said, oh, I'll do Rain of Fire. Yeah, yeah Rain of Fire, <laughs> which was. Kind of interesting what he did. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Uh, Crazy ball dragon fighter. <laughs> how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. And then, you know, Sahara and two yeah. for the money and failure to launch. And then it's like, you see where he kept trying. Like, when they only go All right. Here, anyway. He's a well, He needs to be in a movie with uh, with George Clooney and Matt Damon. Yes. He's entered the classy Fuck club. Yes. And he's let's knocked on that it. door. Yep. And now sh- they should let him let's in. Let's wrap up with uh, the, some of our picks for the worst movies for 2013. All right. CJ, you go. Okay. Well, let's... I mean, there are some... Absolute shockers this year, and there were so it's, it's spectacular how bad they were, and it makes it great to talk about because they were so bad. The counselor was unbelievable. What the fuck happened? The counselor was unwatchable, weird. I mean, just weird that Ridley Scott could have put that out. I think what happened was, I think he and Cormac McCarthy are mates. I think he said to Cormac, oh, my God, you've actually written an original screenplay? Okay, I'll film it. And Cormac said, but don't change any of you know my stuff, right? And he's like, okay, I won't. And then he saw his finished film, which is just – it's a shot of two people talking for seven minutes. Then it's a scene of two people talking for seven minutes. Then it's a scene of two people talking for seven minutes, all of which all they're saying is, like, things are going to go bad for you, senor. And <laughs> Fassbender going, like, oh, 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 oh. and then things are going to go bad for you. Oh, you get in this game. Things are bad, you know, like, and literally, you know, that that racially <laughs> offensive. Doing an Australian accent. I thought that's where I thought yeah, we were in the yeah. outback <laughs> right there for a second. Um, you know, and then Brad Pitt saying, I'm the same a dingo thing. farmer, senor. <laughs> 
perfect. <laughs> that is such a right. Yeah. That was a little tip of the hat for everybody else. Because we've also got Mexicans in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we've also got a Mexico. It's called Tasmania, and it's Mexico. <laughs> but and and it's just a terrible movie. And then I think he literally said. I would rather put out this piece of crap than upset my friend 80-year-old Cormac McCarthy. I'd rather – maybe when he dies I'll do my director's cut and actually Uh chop every single one of these scenes, chop two-thirds out of them and have this weird 38-minute film about the inexorable (laughs) demise of a lawyer. The other thing I think – Now, did you have to go to Wikipedia to have it explained to you, this movie, afterwards? (laughs) It's obvious what's happening. It's like the lawyer's got up in, in, in bed with drug criminals and he's in right. over his head. But the whole point of the movie, I guess, is that since he doesn't actually know what they do, we're not going to let the audience know what they do right. either. They're just going to talk. It was awful, but not as wow. bad as Paranoia. Did you guys see Paranoia? Did not see Paranoia. Harrison Ford and Gary Oldman as two tech titans who send – one of them sends Liam Hemsworth to go spy on the other – and that was unwatchable. It was, ju- it was one of those movies where you could see, like Gary Oldman, you can see him going, well, I'm going to do my best, you know. Yep. And then you can see Harrison Ford going, can I Skype this in? Like, <laughs> I, from my ranch in Wyoming, like, I do not give a shit about this movie yeah. at all. Like, you can just tell he did not care. They had one scene together at the end that is kind of brilliant. And it's such a shame that there is a hundred minutes of film around it. I know. All right, one more bad pick. We'll each do three real quick. Great. We'll each do three real pick. No, three real quick. We'll do, we'll each do three. Great. Uh, Oh, so I get one more. You get one more, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, well, I'll I'll just do one that was disappointing then. Because it wasn't terrible, but it was really disappointing. And that's Carrie. Because, oh, the remake. Yes. It mm-hmm. just went from story point to story point. I literally felt like I just read the book when I saw it. Because like all the scenes are in there, oh, all the right. stories in there. But there was no flavor, no texture, mm. no flair. And I reckon, I, I'm willing to bet that that's not the movie that she made, that uh, Kimberly Pierce made. I reckon that that is obviously a studio hack job oh, wow. in the editing okay. room. It's 84 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and there's no flavor. And I can't believe she made a film with no flavor. Right, that's true. All right, Chris, go ahead. Yep, uh, obviously, number one, Lone Ranger. Oh, fuck. One of those, it was... That's one through ten. Yeah, that is one through... I mean, I, it's one of those undisputed... It's really the battlefield <laughs> earth of Westerns. Nobody it likes really that is. movie. Believable. It, it does so many things wrong in so many different ways that you just go... Uh, it's like, you know what? Um, build another movie studio with the money that you just wasted on this movie. Uh, everything from tone to acting to story... Everything was wrong. And like I said before, it's like watching everyone on set got to direct a scene. That's that's what it felt like. It's like, all right, so you're the grip's turn to direct the scene. All right, Johnny Depp, you direct the scene. And uh, everything from horrific horror imagery to jokes about flying horses. Uh, the movie is... Yeah, so and there were two trailers on the other night uh, on something I was watching on television, one of which and then the other of which, and they both sold a different movie. One of them sold a Johnny Depp comedy and the next one sold a supernatural horror movie. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. It had no idea what kind of movie it wanted to be except horrible. And you know what? Based on a franchise, Lone Ranger... You don't have to fuck with it. You really don't. It's right there in front of you. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, next one. Uh, Hangover 3 was absolutely horrible. And it, it, it didn't even have to be that horrible. You just had to kind of hit some of the same beats. Mm-hmm. And you could have made it mediocre. That's That kind of was your goalpost, was mediocre, and still missed it. 
Uh, and the last one, I'm sure neither one of you saw this movie because you don't have children yet. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. No, I did not see Was absolutely terrible. And the first one was actually pretty decent. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a fun story. But the second one was like, money grab, not even going to try. Right. Food animals. Okay, <laughs> Food done. Food animals? Yeah, it's the, that was it. It's the strangest mm-hmm. couple of films because at least with Frozen, you figure you can figure out what it's going to be. With Shark Tale, with anything, you can figure out what it's going to be. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I still don't know what it is. Is it a is it about the weather? I, I literally don't know <laughs> it, what it it's, is. It's a machine. <laughs> you know? It's a machine. Yes, yes. It's exactly what it is. Or is it, it about a, a kitchen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an inventor it's, makes a machine that fucks with the weather kitchen. and then uh, food rains down. That's pretty much yeah, what it yeah, is. I should have got that. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Mine are uh, the Lone Ranger. Of yes. Course, forever <laughs> and always. Um, and I will put that on my all-time worst. Easily. Yeah, Easily. Put it on your gravestone. Yeah, I, I don't even know if Lone you can Ranger. put it in Western. I, it's No, it's a horrible move. It's a, 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 an abomination. It's an outlier. Yeah, it is. It is an outlier. <laughs> I would murder that film on, on, on my Samurai Island, on Bloodbath Island. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you shall. I, <laughs> um, I also got to put it up there um, just in terms of hype versus disappointment is Man of Steel. Okay. I, I, just, I hear you. I just have to. Was it an awful disaster? No. You know, we talked about, we did a spoiler rep with Mike Schmidt, but it just was so... Missed the mark. I, I so missed the mark in ways that were like, like piss me off, you know. And, and isn't that a great example of like, how could you get this so wrong? I know. Yeah, it's I exactly know. right. You've got so many stages into making a major motion picture from yeah. script all the way through mm-hmm. to costuming through everything. And how could you get this so yeah. wrong? I know. I, that, that, and again, like what, what Chris was talking about with, with the, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's all right there. Like, yeah. it's Superman. It's been done before quite well in film and TV shows and comic books, actually, the thing where it came from. <laughs> so that was like, come the fuck on. It's right there. So um, I, I got to put it up there. I know some people liked it, but I just, it just kind of, uh, it kind of just dropped it for me. And then um, you have it on your list, so I'll, I'll mention it, because um, we could all go on forever on this. The show's going long, but it's the end of the year. Because it was a bounteous year of it good was. and bad. Yes, it was. It was. We're, gonna, we're giving you guys some bonus uh, for this year-end show. Uh, the internship. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, that was terrible. It just, like... It made, and again, I love Vince Vaughn. I think Me too. I, I, I love I, Owen Wilson. I, I love Owen Wilson. I want to see those guys together. Just, and the joke that was, The Onion made the best joke about it. I'll repeat this joke again. They said it was the funniest movie of 1996. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing, <laughs> they didn't even have characters. Like, because one of the things you go to see those movies about is you see him, you know, Owen as a stoner dude or whatever, and you see Vince Vaughn as callous and mean and, and catty and sarcastic and all of that. They both wiped those from them. So they both just played nice guys, which is about as boring as anything can possibly get. But not only that, they, there was nothing about them that was characters. You were literally watching Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson being nice guys. Like, I'm sure they had names, but there wasn't that. And as such, it completely failed on the most basic level of storytelling because we didn't even have characters to begin with. Right. I saw it in a cinema, not a critic screening. I saw it in a regular cinema with real people on a Saturday afternoon and nobody laughed, you know. And, and those were people that people. wanted to be there. Yeah, they paid for it. it was, I mean, that was just shocker. Uh, you know what else I'll throw on the list here? Um, 
is uh, I forgot to mention this when G.I. Joe retaliated. Oh, uh, what did we as an audience do to deserve such retaliation? I really, why? I know, exactly. <laughs> well, how did I insult you so much that you needed to retaliate me with two hours and 10 minutes of that bullshit? They'll be uh, making another one of those too, I'm sure. Those movies make money. And here's again, it's everything's laid out there for you. It's G.I. Joe is comic books. It's been toys forever. There's not a deep, dense mythology, but it's there. And uh, it, it's the other, the, the whole thing about G.I. Joe is that uh, these, each character's a specialist. Like, each one has a specific uh, skill and task that they do. So it's like putting, like, a SEAL team together. There's a lot of, um, there, there's a lot of fertile ground for an interesting movie, like a, a military movie with sci-fi elements, but nothing, no. It doesn't even come close. If I was a studio and I would pick that quote and put it on the poster, like, Fertile ground, Chris Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that. We make like a movie, revenge of the whatever. Yeah. Fertile ground. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone in any of those movies ever say, "I got a kung fu grip"? Yeah, <laughs> they should. <laughs> they Somebody really must should. make that joke. That joke but I'm sure daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I forgot to throw this in there too. After Earth, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I know. We said three each, but sucked. I keep that movie mm. was was bad. Anyway, we could we could go on forever. <laughs> Um, and that little boy can't carry a movie where he's the only person in the movie after the first 15 minutes. That was really the script bad. is bad. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to throw on a young man. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get into I, coming out on DVD, really not much. There's, well, Don John, which I liked. I, in terms of a, a um, Jorson hashtag JGL's uh, first directorial debut. I liked it for that. Mm-hmm. It had some some flaws in there, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good film and a, and a right. You know, you didn't like it as I much. I missed it. Oh, you missed I missed it. Mm-hmm. it. I'd be very curious to see everything about it repelled me. Mm-hmm. Like having sort of watched The Sopranos, I am over those accents. You know, <laughs> and I, you know, everything, everything about this movie. Hello, I'm from New Jersey. Oh, I am that one. <laughs> that one. I hate that one so much now. And everything about this movie put that front and center. Like all the pre-press and all the things were like, you know, the thing about this movie is it's it's that it's that guy. Right, right, what do you call him? Hash. Yeah. It's, Hashtag J. GL. Yeah, I love that. It's so Jersey Shore. It's so right. Jersey. It's so Jersey. And that, I was like, well, that's not going to get me there. Like, I now have to walk around that to get to that movie. Right. right. Yeah. It, is, it is, you know, if you didn't see it, I think it's worth seeing just because um, there is an interesting character arc uh, that uh, hashtag JGL goes through. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is worth seeing. Julianne Moore is going to, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's, she's, she, I like her. She's good. She's sort of again playing a little bit of a caricature, but it's it's worth saying. It's a DVD. It's like it's 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 worth it's worth checking out. And then yeah. CBGB, which uh, Susie Nakamura came on the show and said she didn't really like. Yes, yeah, so it was pretty lukewarm on it. Yeah, okay, and and coming out this week, uh, obviously this is kind of a dumping ground. We're just trying to yeah, get into getting these. Uh, yeah, it's starting already. Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. You know, it's always a good sign when they stop numbering them. Yeah, <laughs> this is just—they just went paranormal activity in uh, Latino gangbangers. Yeah, they, they're just going to do. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so they're going to keep making them until they stop making money. So is that the vibe? Is it? Is it Latino gangs? Yeah, yeah. There's a kid in a Latino neighborhood, and uh, it's about time that they actually read their own demographic sheets and realized yeah. that they their movies have been selling to Latinos for so many years. Mm-hmm. They should actually give them a do little it. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it feels like. That's probably like. what happened. That's yeah. exactly what it feels like. And they yeah. probably said that, give him a something. Yeah. <laughs> give him something. Yeah. That's what happened with that movie Turbo. Uh, 
<laughs> horrible. Um, yeah. Um, Beyond Outrage, this is actually a sequel to Outrage with uh, Beat Takashi. And uh, I actually, you liked the first one more than I did. I thought it ended up being like more like murder porn. Like there was just, it was death, death, death after a while. Um, so this is kind of what happens next. I'm in. Yeah, I know. I know you'll be in. Did for the this Secret one. Life of Walter Mitty come out and nobody said anything, or is it still to come? No, no it just came out. It, it came, came out on out. Christmas. I haven't had a chance to see it. I we really, haven't seen I it yet. See it. It's one of this time of year. Here's what happens. There's all these. You know, they jam pack all the Oscar movies. Yeah. So especially in L.A. and New York, they're in all of the theaters now. So I was going to see it Christmas, but it was sold out. It was sold out. That yeah. and Wolf of Wall Street I didn't get a sold to out. See it. The Justin Bieber movie yeah. called Believe, which should be called Believe. Come on. Why isn't it? <laughs> um, and uh, so what I always do in January when it's the dumping ground, any any Oscar we catch up on them. I catch up on all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good idea. And that's what I, we always suggest to people who don't right. live in L.A. and New York is mm. that the, these movies, when they start getting nominated, they start going wide. Like I didn't even know because I saw her, you know, the other day, and I didn't even realize that it's not even being released in the rest of the country for right. a couple no, of weeks. No, not yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a movie. It's slipped through the cracks for me. There's a couple others that. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll catch up on them in the Philly, coming yeah. weeks when we get back from Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> bitches. Um, you could convert Hawaii into Thunderdome Island. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you give it a different name each time. Can you remember the name? <laughs> and it's your island. <laughs> I think I like Thunderdome Island the best. Yeah. Uh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it um, that would be awesome. So, well, that's our... Yeah, it's right off a of Dingo Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that is our program, ladies and gentlemen. Dingo Farm Island. Dingo Farm Island. <laughs> thank you to all the dingo farmers out there for listening to our show. Um, we want to thank our guests. With uh, your boomerangs and your shrimp. <laughs> Shrimp? They eat dingo farmers eat shrimp? Yeah, on the Barbie. The dingo's coming for your shrimp. Use your boomerang. (laughs) (laughs) That'll stop him. I I love when we get Australians on the show and they do that stereotypical accent. I I cannot get enough of it. It's like when we have Kevin Pollack, he has to do uh, Christopher Walken. We have to. Every time I was like, hello, mate, we're going to go. I fucking love that. Um, So CJ Johnson, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute delight. Of course. Where can people uh, listen to Movie Land and find you on the internets? All you do is you go to iTunes or Downcast, I suppose, Mm -hmm. or however you access your podcasts and just search for Movie Land, all one word. We're the only one there. Follow me at CJ Sydney on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Search for the Movie Land page. We're the only one there. And also read my written reviews. I've got over 100,000 words. Actually, that sounds like a turn off. But (laughs) all my written reviews are on um, my review blog, which is Film Mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all one word. So it's uh, www.filmmafia.com.au. The AU is for Australia. So, and you'll find a lot of stuff there. And I also post, you know, my, my favorites of the year and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, and, like and we that. will say too at the comedyfilmnerds.com site, we actually have exclusive, these are uh, us only, the, uh, the yeah, CJ's the reviews. He does reviews. for us, only, only so, for us. And it's, it's all, uh, and they've been really great so far. You got to check out, there's a couple up there right now. CJ's reviews are really fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write one for you for um about uh philomena and i just couldn't um i couldn't think find the funny to make it write a funny review because it's such a beautiful tender little gorgeous mm-hmm. movie and i couldn't really give it the old <laughs> <laughs> um, all right well thank you for being on the show loved it i hope you guys get 
overstretch your goal. Absolutely. We want to come to Australia. You know, when it it goes, we'll email you. you Hashtag dingo farmer. Yeah, Yeah, that's the hashtag on this show, guys. Hashtag dingo farmer. Um, And some guy in Australia is like, Struth, I thought that was my hashtag. (laughs) No wonder I'm not getting any tweets. We've been getting hashtag work. I know, I've seen that one. We're going to keep that for sure. I think we're going to just start saying this movie's a work it or a leave it. Um, uh, So, uh, yeah, check all that out. And, of course, um, guys, we have a bunch of live shows coming up. Next week, uh, we will be uh, doing a Comedy Film Nerds live uh, in Honolulu, Hawaii. At Hawaiian Brian's. Hawaiian Brian's, January 9th. We put that on the Facebook page. It's also on the calendar, on on the website, on my website. Uh, I will be doing stand-up January 11th at Hawaiian Brian's. Um, Chris will already be flying back with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we have uh, coming up in January. Um, San Diego, right? We'll be in San Diego mm-hmm. um, January 29th. Um, so come out for that. That's a live show. And that is going to – Laughster, this is confirmed now. Laughster is going to uh, – we're going to live stream. Live stream it. Live yep. stream that show. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys, if you don't can't make it to San Diego, you can watch it. Is that a new thing that's live streaming stand-up on – Mm-hmm. Wow. Laughter's yeah, been yeah. doing live streaming stand up. They've been live streaming a lot of podcasts. They did um they did our first one. It was it was wow. They they've been great. Um I'll also be headlining the Improv at Harvey's Lake Tahoe in January 15th through the 19th. And then we will be doing um Comedy Film Nerds Live at San Francisco Sketchfest. That's going to be great. Saturday, January 25th. It's a 1 p.m. show and that's at the uh, Punchline. So again, mm-hmm. check that out. If you're in any of those cities, guys, come on out. It's great. Um, and if you're actually not in Lake Tahoe, I'll be in Palm Springs the Friday 17th and mm-hmm. Saturday the 18th at the uh the Improv at Fantasy Springs Casino. And if you live in Australia or Japan, come on out to Oahu. It's kind of close. It's Yeah, it's, it's not that far. It's not as far. It's not as big of a trip for you. <laughs> Like, uh, I think we've made the uh, Sanai. It's time for you to come to Hawaii with your husband and yes. watch the show. And and your, and Ren. Yeah, bring, bring your son. Mm-hmm. Come on out. Um, so those are all of our shows, guys. Uh, and again, thank you so much for an awesome 2013. You guys have been supporting the site. Thank you for everybody buying all the stuff for Christmas presents, the Whistling Bane shirts. Yes, more are in stock, so you can buy more Whistling yep, Bane shirts. Yep. Um, and uh, you guys have just been awesome for, you make this such a fun show to do. So come see us live, because it, it just is that much more fun. Yeah, thanks everybody, and uh, 2013 can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> 2014, work Here it. we go. <laughs> 2013, leave it. Um <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you once again to our guest, C.J. Johnson. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. And, and as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Work it. <laughs> <laughs>